0: I mean if you're going to venture in and do a business you you have to have a business plan. Uh, and I mean a long business plan that you don't overly deviate from you follow it, you know, trends may tra- change and stuff like that, but too many people get involved and jump in and it's fly by the seat of their pants on certain things and it's uh and that could be with anything, you know, an accountant, the plumber, the craftsman, things like that. Find which avenue you're gonna do. How are you gonna promote your business? You know, how are you going to get out and show your product to somebody?
1: Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not gonna be 100% in, I'm not gonna do it. Come on, man, just be yourself. Yeah. and and, just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Mr. Decrease, cheers. Cheers, buddy. We've had many bourbons together. Now we get to do it here on Fireside America. Nice. Um,
0: we've known each other how long now? Easily over 10 years. Oh, no, no, no. I think it was about 2006, six seven. Yeah. It was before Fratello's.
1: It was, you just had purchased Fratello's. We were yeah, working on selling the sandbar.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You were actually running both of them at the same time. Yeah. You were, uh, you were doing a lot back then. Yeah, pretty busy guy. And you gave me an opportunity. You uh, had some financial stuff going on and you said, he's a young guy. You know, he seems you know, like a go-getter. Let me give him a shot. And uh, we built a relationship from there and I appreciate that. Um, and you've been a great local business owner. You've owned the Sandbar, which a ton of people know you for, as well as Fratello's. A little bit more of the mellow, crisp moved into the older crowd of Siegert. Um, but you run a great restaurant over there. Um, you know the enthusiasm that you put into it is something that I uh, don't, you know, look over or look past. You know your Halloween events, all the stuff and the decor you get out for all the different holidays. Um, The marketing you put into your business, the, you know, relationships you build with the people who come in and spend money with you. So as a local guy, you're somebody I love to have on, and I appreciate you coming. Thanks for having me. Cheers, buddy, again. So, grew up in Leonia, right?
0: Yes, North Jersey. North Jersey. About what age did you move down here? Uh, Graduated high school 85, went to school in Boston, Northeastern University, so...
1: That's how you became, unfortunately, a Patriots fan.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patriots and a Red Sox fan. So it's a five-year program up there, but like everyone that goes to school in Boston, you kind of, you stay up in Boston after that. So I was running big nightclubs up there, big places like Jenkinson size, big nightclubs. And uh, that's a whole different business than the restaurant business. Yeah, it's it's cutthroat, you think you have friends, you know, everyone's looking out for themselves though. The nightclub business so i knew that wasn't something i really wanted to have passion going into but uh it was a good job for a kid getting on a, out of college so. taught you a lot quick it, yeah it was re- real good uh, so that was a uh, 90 graduated and uh how long did you clubs? stay in boston
1: 11 years 11 years yeah, until 96 so you were how old when you moved back 29 29 years old yeah yeah. You had, had some fun in Boston, became a fan of their teams, yeah, yeah. ran some restaurants,
0: yeah. came back home. Did you already have the Sandbar in mind? Uh, now, my brother and stepfather owned the Brielle Yacht Club, which was where the Sandbar was, the little restaurant uh, on the ground. Now the grounds. Pig and Parrot. Yeah, now the Pig and Parrot. And uh, we used to always, every time we'd come down in the summer, we'd eat at the uh, the restaurant. and Actually, it was more of just a bar at the time. And I would go back and run the nightclubs in in Boston, and uh, I had some great owners up there uh, They really put the trust in you and running their their clubs They didn't even live in Boston. They lived in Manhattan So wow. everything at that time I mean, you're going back to the early 90s. What type of revenues were they doing in those types of clubs? they were doing about uh, At that time four to six million. Wow. Yeah, the Boston Club was doing four million and only had A temporary liquor license for like six months out of the year is weird in in Boston because it just took a process of getting approved. And then we opened up a club out in Worcester, Worcester, Mass, and right off the bat, this little blue-collar town, little city, $6 million right out of the gate. And they took me from the Boston club, sent me out there, you're running this whole thing. No supervisor, no one above you, uh, the general manager that went back and forth, but and every day, these guys would dial in, how come you sold, you know, 57 Budweiser's one, one Monday, but last week it was 75. Who's stealing from us? Like Now, were they, they were part of a large in? group? No.
1: It just, was just those just clubs. And those what did those. they do prior to? Were they no, one guys? was an
0: attorney, one was um, um, on pro- tons of properties, and one was a construction guy. So the but that's pretty impressive that
1: they were able to...
0: Work remote yeah. at that time back then, yes. and then just and just exactly. literally work off a spreadsheet and this this dolphin software system that they just dialed in and could see the numbers and it was incredible. It, it was just great how they, you know, could oversee the business and communicate with you on it and uh, hold you accountable. Far. And from there, you know, they, I helped open up, uh, you know, Danbury, Connecticut, Fairfield, Connecticut. And then I, ultimate goal, I wanted to go back to Boston, but they kept me in blue-collar Worcester. And then that's when uh, I was approached from this outfit, uh, some guys from Bose, the uh, sound systems. And they were in all the time, regular customers. They wanted to exact mirror the Boston Billiard Nightclub and put it across the street from uh, Colorado, uh, Denver. Airport? airport, No, the Colorado Rockies. All right. Because the the Boston Club was right across the street from Fenway Park. So mm-hmm. they wanted to do that exact mirror thing, and I had all the information. Who we got the matches from, the glassware, uh, all our marketing strategies, I have all the numbers. So they were just like, we're taking you, giving you a small percentage of the business, you're running it out there. So my dad and I flew out to Denver you know, a whole bunch of times, everything, and it just, it cost them $1,000 to buy a liquor license out there, it was nothing. It, and it just, at the 11th hour, uh, we got beat out on price. So then I went back to 1995, back to Boston, right in place, now a little less enthusiasm, and then that's when my brother approached me and said, hey, you know the sandbar that we eat at it, you know, every summer, uh, out of business again, end of the season, closed up. And they had owned the property. Yeah, yeah. and my brother had owned the property, the, the people were just leasing the building, the liquor license. So he's like, let's take a look at it. And, you know, at that time, honestly, it was a few hundred thousand dollars to own a liquor license and lease this property that was ready to go, but it was strictly seasonal. Now so, you're a young guy, you're,
1: you're going into this. 29, yeah. Thankfully, you, you have your, your stepfather's help a little bit. And uh, not that he was easy on you. Yeah. And, um, you know, your brother obviously was, was partly owner of it. And they just said, hey, here's the keys, Chris. You know, do what you did up in Boston here. What did you immediately think needed to change in the sandbar back then?
0: It was one of those, you know, things. It was a passion, like to open up your own place. So, you know, as every young business owner, I'm going to live there. I'm going to sleep there. I'm going to be there every day and night. I'm going to do it all and this and that. So uh, it was my complete, you know, business. It was, my brother didn't have anything to do with it. Uh, my stepfather was a strong, strict businessman. I will come in. I will pay for my dinners. You pay the rent the first of the month. There's not going to be any buying me this. You're late on that. It's strict. So, I, I, you know, I think there was a great idea to do because it really forced you it, to take it serious. Yeah, take it serious. And I just remember, you know, May 16th, uh, 1996, we opened up. First few customers that were all, lived next door in the condos, coming in, the $20 bills, $100 bills, writing their names, sticking them up on the walls. You know, it was great. Now, did you purchase and your condo at the time? At uh, that point, or not yet? No, I lived in a, a little houseboat a little on houseboat? the marina. There you go. At the time. That I was given rent-free to, to get going. So, for my stepfather. Hey, so, that's a help. I will say, you know. Not a bad lifestyle either. Everyone always says, there. I was given up that I did Stop, you yeah. know. You get a little perks here and there. So, that was great. Uh, and then from that point it was just go get them you know working every day putting new TVs in they had one TV we put four or five I'm a big sports guy sports junkie um you had a lot of little TVs for a small area yeah yeah like yeah. how many total TVs when, by the time like you nine sold? in that little tiny bar yeah. at, at you had all the games on Sunday yeah. you know 10 seat bar. it was a small place And we converted the upstairs room into a private party room. It it just really, it was a lot of of grind the first two years. A few people came down from North North Jersey and would see me and they would talk to people, is Chris okay? He looks looks really ill, he looks thin. (laughs) And he's white as can be and it's August. You know, like I'm not getting out in the sun. So it was a grind. It was, you know, I took it serious, it was tough work. It was, you know, the way to do it. And uh, we would close up for half of January and February that was good. I went out to Napa, wine country, you know, four weeks out there. Have one of the wholesalers take you. Yeah, yeah. Also, they set you up with everything, private tours, everything. You'd, you'd be in these beautiful rooms tasting, you know, fabulously old, older bottles, vintages, and watching the mass of all other people way over there going through the, you know, the the main uh, tour that they're supposed to go through. So, you know, things like that were cool. We did that for the first two years, and then the winter business started picking up. So it's just... Uh, yeah, was you no really closing. made it a year
1: round yeah. business. Yeah. yeah. Turning over tables yeah. and you started to turn some pretty serious revenues out of there, yeah. you know, at a fairly young age. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And I've always said to you, your ability to go market and drive the people in, it's because you have bought into your own place. This is what I want it to feel like. I've niched down on it. You don't like the games on Sunday, you don't come to Fatello's mm-hmm. or you don't come to the Sandbar and you believed in that and you know as you were selling it i remember going over some of these numbers and i was really shocked to to see the revenues that you were doing in that tiny place and uh it's impressive to see and that's why you got a a decent number for that when you sold it yeah that was your hard
0: work yeah
1: i did um so as you have the sandbar you buy a condo next door yep you're having some fun young guy making some money living at a marina, you know, everything that people can think about the Jersey yeah. Shore and owning yeah. a bar, you're doing it. And how does Fratello's come about?
0: Yeah, I was a little uh, a little foolish with the money at, at times back then because you're, you're single and a couple cars, a boat. A you didn't rel- have whatever. a good advisor. Yeah, exactly. You know. I didn't, you know. But I didn't, I didn't see the eye on the prize of married and having kids, you mm-hmm. know. So that's like... Yeah, I missed that beginning focus, of which I have now, and it's you know there's no greater thing in the of course. world.
1: So, it's uh, and you're you're always talking about your kids and your family. And yeah, it's you know you well, love you them. And it's it's good to. I got to see the
0: end of yeah, yeah. the old era of Chris, yeah. move into the new era, and you know a lot I of think, a lot of fun. So then uh, you know it was it was ten years. Ninety so it was '96 to 2006. So I guess in 2005, I was getting a little complacent. You know, I, uh, after a few years, brought my manager down from Boston. He had nothing going on up there. So he came down one weekend in January. I loved the Jersey Shore in January. So he came down, move, moved down, you know, no problem. He actually moved into the houseboat mm-hmm. <laughs> that I lived in. And, uh, and then that's when I started looking around and seeing what, what else was out there. And saw a couple places uh, that I was interested in purchasing. And, but I really wanted to own property because, again, the sandbar was uh, leasing the property and there was no way to buy that because it was attached to the marina. And uh, so that's where it was, we were almost uh, signing a deal for a place up in Interlaken when uh, we met with the realtors in Fratello's. And just as all the financials, everything's displayed, that's when they mentioned these two owners are are looking to get out. And they're unhappy here, they want out. It's a 12 o'clock liquor license uh two apartments upstairs it's property in seagirt i mean to me it sounds like a home run let me call my dad so i call my dad in jersey city we start talking with him which you know he was my guidance to purchasing the sandbar in the first place and uh and it was just uh he loved it he loved the the first idea of interlaken but that was at 2 a.m you know i'm a personal you know and Enjoy the cocktails here and there, and now you're going to be leaving Interlake and driving back, drunk driving. So none of it fit that. And you well. wanted the family, you wanted to get home a little yeah. earlier. So he, uh, we really looked at Fratello's heart in the next couple weeks, and the pieces came together just beautifully, systematically. And when we closed in uh, June of 2006, it was literally turnkey. You know, the liquor license was approved on the Tuesday night. And I showed up the next morning and the whole staff was like, Yeah, who is this guy? You're the guy that's been coming in for dinner <laughs> for the last like five months looking at this place. Mm. Yeah. So it just... Uh, so they didn't tell the staff idea. at the time that they were selling? No, no. Wow. Would you do that? Um, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit with the sandbar. We didn't tell... That I was selling because of the same thing. It's you know people know you're selling. It, it could
1: yeah, it gets your it backfire it
0: can go wild. It could talking you know. about selling. Well, yeah. <laughs> the so I sold four days before Hurricane Sandy, so that was uh, that October was crazy. Twenty sixth, 25th. Yeah. and again I that was a close. And
1: you had yeah. sold it. Sandy happened, and then the, the gentleman yeah. who purchased it actually had shot someone yeah yeah yeah. that was six months later but yes (laughs) but still I mean that was (laughs) you you unload this bar it gets wiped out by Sandy and you were doing great revenues he was totally set up to
0: succeed yeah and he was an Italian guy like myself like what handshake deal we're not going to change anything we're going to run it the way you're doing it keep it going and then soon as Sandy hit, you know, the first week he's open, then he comes by and starts coming up with different ideas. Getting rid of our happy hour, changing this, changing that. People are coming up to Fratello's, what? what happened? How could you do this to us? I, I you know, uh, it was, it was wild, but yeah. It's I, life I, yeah. has crazy turns. Yeah, so. So you, you purchased Fratello's.
1: Yeah. Now at the time, did that become, so a lot of business owners, myself included at times, you know, the podcast in itself is is a lot of work and it's a passion project for myself and Evan and Matt and the team, but I still have a full-time job as an advisor and I take that job very serious. I'm also a father. So I had launched the coaching thing and I actually pulled back on it and raised my prices very high because I'm like, I just don't have the capacity to do something else. As you were running these two businesses, which are very busy, although you had a manager that stepped in at sandbar, mm-hmm. did you realize it's... Time to unload one of these, recapture some of my equity, and yeah. not have to be
0: as stressed out. Yeah. Well, that was uh, so was 2006 to 12, so for six years. I had both businesses, and it was running my life. But I, but I loved it. I enjoyed it. You know, 80 90s hours a week. If I had a friend out there wanted to find me, they knew to just pop in a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, don't call me and tell me to go somewhere. I'll, you want to hang out and bring bring the whole crew this way, and we'll we'll have some drinks. But I got to be here. Mm-hmm. So I was running. You know. Uh, sandbar daytime because that was lunch for nighttime and then i go back sandbar again 10 11 o'clock at night till two in the morning so it was a vicious cycle and it, you know it led to a lot of drinks you stay up you in the morning it's it's you know, it was crazy and i met my my girlfriend which became my wife christy uh in 2008 and she loved running you know what we were doing it was fabulous uh bring all her. you know Girlfriends and pretty girlfriends, everything. They'd hang out at Fratello's and spark up the crowd there. And then, then you know, we'd all meet back at the yeah. sandbar, do that whole thing. You were young, having fun. How young, oh, just it was wild, great. But you know, somewhere in there is where I met you in that time and realized I kept getting bad coaching advice on my financial dollars to go which way, and uh, every shot I was taking was was missing. And that's where. You know when you guys came in it was you didn't come in one time it was over and over lunches feel me out you know doing your research on it but it built a rapport and you know I built the, that's the trust with you and we really started looking towards what we can do for the future and, and think about your
1: and kudos to you at the time as I've been able to be blessed to go get my eyes on these other successful people like Mm -hmm. you's businesses. I've learned so much since that time. But way to, not that you had an ego, but way to swallow your pride and say, hey, we'll get you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Look, it's a big bug. Here's what I have going on. I feel like I should be doing better than I am because I have these two businesses running at full steam. What am I doing wrong here? And to just, and we had that conversation Back then, and I said, Chris, why do you think some of these older people in the area wouldn't give me the same opportunity? And I think you had said something along the lines of, you know, you know, it's ego. You know, if they don't have a perfect setup, or mm-hmm. if you know, they don't make the money they portray that they make. Maybe they don't want you to know that as a younger guy. Yeah. Um, so again, thank you for that and having faith in me. And we've had a long relationship. It's not always perfect. Sometimes we have to yell at each other and. Um, but we're always focused on the end goal, which is family and financial freedom. Yeah. And um, you know, as you continue to become a, a husband, uh, with and shout out to Christy for dealing with you, and then a dad, instantly, even as a younger guy who was observing, I always tried to put people around me that I could pull down different positive things. And you got, you were somebody that was in business, running, knew how to network. But there was a switch that happened when your your beautiful daughter, Charlotte, was born. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what what changed in you? What changed in your your restaurant and how you were working?
0: Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that was, uh, so she was born actually Memorial Day weekend. So, you know, being born on a Thursday or Friday going into Memorial Day weekend, and it was sunny, gorgeous that weekend, and I'm at... Uh, Mammoth uh, Hospital up there in Long Branch, and, you know, just looking out the window, we got a new newborn here, and literally we're in the hospital for Memorial Day weekend. I'm not at either restaurant, you know, trying to help the sales and yeah. generate and everything. It was just uh, it was it was wild in that sense. So then we go back home and realize that this is this is a whole change from what Different everything world. else has been going on, and that's when it was just a switch that. It's time to to move on, you know, the sandbar. It's focus on Fratello's. We own the property, a couple apartments upstairs. And uh, always had a lot of people looking at the business, um, wanted to buy it. I mean, it's waterfront. It, you know, it's a great spot on the marina. And then I uh, peeked around on a few different people, and uh, that's where I met the, you know, Lou, the Italian guy that was just, it seemed at the time just it was a great handshake deal. It was going to be easy easy to put together which it was and then him running it that's a whole other ball game. but um, yeah it was just time time to sell and focus on uh, the family and, and Fratello's you know right off the bat started that you know not being open for lunch is a key thing so yeah. I had a lot more family time that I would not have had if I had a kid when I was 29 35 or something like that so yeah. get him on
1: get him on the bus yeah. Cook them their breakfast, yeah. Yeah. you know, go see so, their game at 2 o'clock. Yeah. It, it,
0: really, it's uh, great. And, uh, you yeah. know, so that was, uh, she was born in 2011, sold the sandbar 2012, you know, seven months later. So.
1: And at the time, without going too crazy into your financials or your world, but you had, again, and this is, you know, a little homework for the show. This is about a young guy like me who's trying to better himself. This is free information and I want to give nuggets. But a lot of people I see all the time, you know, they get making some money in their business and they don't even have enough chips stacked away. It's always, I want more, I want that return. And you had purchased your condo, which you lived in and worked out for you mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. But you had the condo, Sandbar, Fratellos. You now are having a family. You purchased a home in Brielle. You had a lot going on as a young entrepreneur, a business owner. If you were to look back, would you have pulled back on some of those
0: money moves back then? Yes, Yeah. absolutely. There was, you know, I definitely could have used a little more, you know, financial planning guidance on that time, but, you know, kudos to you. Thank God you came into my my life at that time to just help with, you know, a focus, a plan, execution yeah the
1: but at that time like the guy who is now in that spot he's Mm -hmm. his his company's doing good revs he's paying his employees he's pocketing what he needs to go home and do what he's gonna do Mm -hmm. he feels rich right? yes yes the guy that's now looking to go deploy into real estate right now in this economy or do something separate from
0: his business alone what would you say to that guy in cautioning him or her yeah, don't overextend yourself. I mean, that's really the, the biggest thing of, yes, it's a great deal to purchase that next building or that other real estate, but overextending yourself in these very untrying times. And it hasn't been just now the last couple of years. It's, it, you know, it's been unsettling for some time where that's where you listen to the old school dads and fathers that have built it and, and moved money around and stuff. They, they've learned from mistakes, they've, you know. Like a steady, contraction yes. The
1: contraction of money supply just shrinks, yep. and now all of a sudden, you know, it's good to be lever because the system is built off of mm-hmm. leverage, but if you're, to your point, overextended, overextended. Yep. Y- you know, now all of a sudden that money supply shrinks up. People aren't walking through your doors. People aren't purchasing mm-hmm. your product or using your services. Now you have to go bankrupt, or now you have to try to find some other money, bring on new investors, you know, get loans. Banks love giving us loans for money that we don't have. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm a big proponent of life insurance, borrowing money you you do have. Um, And I think a lot of people at this point as a business owner, I think in the current times it's a good point to make, they should just sit on the cash that they have and build a war chest going into these times because as I've worked with you and many other business owners who are successful, you hit those snags. Think about all the contractors. Think about the real estate world in 2008. It crumbled. Mm-hmm. Crumbled. How many people thought they were you know, worth $25, 35000000 and instantly they were broke because they didn't have any tangible assets. They didn't have the collateral or the cash. They were just levered to the hills. Um, I just wanted to touch on that because it's a topic that's been coming up, and yeah. we actually talked about it today. So you're running for tellos. Things are going really good you have your second child your your pride and joy i know they both are biggie um tell us a little bit about your son everett
0: <laughs> everett's uh yeah, he's that that typical boy of beats everything makes a mess of everything but still a little mama's boy too though oh, yeah, yeah still sweet yeah yeah you know, that, that is the advantage of uh, my wife staying, staying at home as a stay-at-home mom now. And, uh, you know, we talked about that right from the, from the beginning. Uh, she used to own a dog grooming business. Right in and, Brielle as well, right? In Brielle as well, yes. And that was a big attraction to her when I first met her, her business mind and like go-getter. It was, you know, she ran a business. She owned a business and was accountable and successful. And it was just great to see we went through the the problem recession that we talked about 2008 nine people would let their own hair fall apart and and Wear raggedy clothes, but they would take care of their pet animal dog like like no problem. Yeah, no problem. Her business Skyrocketed during those terrible times That's big help health. big yeah. healthy as a business yeah. owner Meanwhile at the restaurant people are if they always drank Budweiser. If Miller Lite was on sale that night, they'd make the switch mm-hmm. to Miller Lite, which we, you know, you would never see in NASCAR and everything else. And in that this adds world. up. That's, that's a compounding factor. So it was, uh, it was a good mix between us that way. And then once uh, Charlotte was born, you know, 2011, uh, I sold the sandbar. She decided to sell her business. Let's let's focus on uh, a family. And then Ever was born in 2014. And we just had a five-year plan. When he goes off to kindergarten, then she would go back out and look for something. And uh, she does. She's part-time, has, has a great job, and she's a, she's a hustler. She's a go-getter. So, she is. Yeah. She keeps um, you in line. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> she keeps us
1: all in line, right? <laughs> the, uh, so I want to talk in the second half about systems and business and as a business owner, making audibles and being able to pivot. So, you're running for Telos. I want to talk about marketing. And again, I mentioned marketing a few times when it comes to you. And I think your major was in marketing, right?
0: Am it I was correct? finance, but I, I really feel that you know, a marketing degree was my 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 play, my forte. It was just, it, you know, I watched what other places do, and it's some things you just shake your head and you can't wrap your head around it. Why they're doing such a, a silly job on things? Yes. So maybe that's attention to detail maybe
1: it's vision but mm-hmm. you definitely have a creative mind and again even from back in the day you and chuck and all you guys are t-shirt people right the sandbar t-shirts mm-hmm. you even have blankets i think one of your girlfriends that was in your group of friends took all your old school t-shirts and made blankets out of yeah. them and yeah. there was constantly as for opens the 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 seagirt races the Irish days right St. Paddy's Day you always had a themed t-shirt what has changed and what has stayed the same from 20 years ago in marketing a small business particularly a restaurant to 2022
0: it's you know social media you know back then it was the local newspapers and the Asbury Park Press and like you know little stuff like that you got to get your name out Radio ads, different things like that, dribs and drabs everywhere, um, which I have great contacts through, through the radio stations and stuff like that. But again, it's I know in my car I listen to you know, the XM and Sirius and things like that. So I'm or not your sure phone. if that's where it is, cable advertising. So it really is that focus on, uh, I believe, two avenues. It's the social media and being out in the town being the public figure of your restaurant on every charity event um, anything to do with your community uh, the Chamber of Commerce uh, you know any event like that I've become as a small business owner the face of the face of the restaurant you know I'm just at every single event serving the food uh, talking to people I think yeah. it goes a long way and I
1: It's one of the things I've observed about you for years now is, you know, not that you're above it and you feel like you don't have to do it, but in a sense you don't have to do it anymore, right? No. But you're still going to Barlow's Christmas event with the Chamber. You're still going to different golf outings. And actually, Evelyn just sent me another bill. Somehow it's been going in the junk mail. I guess it was a golf (laughs) outing for like three years ago. I got this bill for 300 bucks. She probably thinks I'm stiffer But – All the the chamber stuff that you have done, right? You got to do it. Everything, the charity, Pine Belt, this, that, your face is everywhere. And then you're not being cheap. There's a lot of local restaurants Mm -hmm. as you're going to these kids' cancer golf outings or booster clubs. You know, someone's throwing a $25 gift card or a $50 gift card for telos 250 gift card i'm taking you to jason not not
0: 250.
1: yeah i'm whatever bit. might have been 250 (laughs) in total that you gave out maybe it was 100 150. um going to jason's dream for kids you know buying you know know, a foursome for the families that were going through tragic Mm thing you were never afraid to be generous and really believe in that whole concentration so i give you some credit to how I built my business, yes. I was always a believer of that. I have done that heavily in my world, and I fully agree that that absolutely still works alongside of social media.
0: Yeah, I know. In some things, you know, being going to every chamber event, you know, I'm part of Brielle Chamber. I've been Manasquan, Seagirt Chamber, the uh, Jersey Shore Chamber is a great, great chamber uh, to be a part of. A lot of times, it doesn't always generate that business right then, but it's, you know. Facing facing the crowd, you're you're always there. You're supporting. It's you know it's community. It, it's important to me. I, I enjoy it. I like doing it. Uh, again, for a restaurant, it's sometimes different than other avenues. Yeah. You know, definitely other avenues, but uh, you know it hurts if i miss one of those events i I've really i do like yeah, em. you like I em. enjoy them uh see old friends yeah and they, they come to you on certain times like hey i know it's tough times after covid or after the recession so we got to ask for a gift card I'm like it's fine yeah no problem no problem it's it's a 50 dollar gift card 75 whatever it is but it's it's still going to bring business in but it's community relations and mm-hmm. you, you have to have that if you're a small business owner and again it's you know, especially some of the avenues that we're in, I, I, I believe it's important. What would you
1: tell a guy who's a plumber to do, right? He's not in the restaurant business. He's not going to go and sit at a buffet line at a Christmas event or go provide trays of food for a charity event. What would you tell the plumber to do in a sense of how you built relationships and how you drove
0: asses in the seats to your restaurants? I mean, he still can attend every single event there's there's going to be a problem with someone's plumbing at one time and they're mm-hmm. going to need need help. And, you know, whether to
1: a young entitled kid, I'll be very mm-hmm. flat honest. And I've told you this in the past. I've said it to people like Evelyn who do an excellent job, her and her daughter running the Jersey Short Chamber. It's you as a young guy, you come into this field and it's you got clicks already. Right. You got these people who are older. That's true. It's the three plumbers who are here, they're yeah. friends with Steve, Johnny, and Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's that's not a shot at any of it. No, I know. But for the young guy coming in, especially this generation, if you could put yourself in that shoes, because they're now, you know, I've been in business now 15 years, so they're 15 years younger than me, which is crazy to think. They're 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Coming out, they got that entrepreneurial spirit. You know, what would you say to encourage them or how they would switch their attitude or approach
0: in doing these community things? Uh, You know, I, it's tough for me to change that, whether it be I started young and it's old school, but I I still believe in, you know, creating those opportunities. You know, maybe that one chamber is not, not the avenue. Maybe a different one is, or there are other small business groups that get together and you have, you know, Mm -hmm. young professionals and different groups like that, but you gotta be a part of it. You gotta be a part of something. And, Get your face out and your name out so people believe and build trust in you. And uh, I'm a big believer in it. Even the booster clubs, I have It's felt, trust. It's trust a lot of things. They, you know, I, I was, there was a, a, one group, a window uh, replacement company that was in the chamber for eight, nine, ten years. And they really felt that they didn't get anything worthwhile out of it. And then I had to replace all the windows at Fratello's in the apartments upstairs, and it was a twenty twenty two thousand dollars $22,000 job. And it was the year that they actually backed out of the chamber, they were in it, but I still called them. And uh, they came and did the windows and stuff like that, so sometimes it doesn't always pay off right then. It might be down the road, but it was building a relationship, and they'd also, you know, you don't have to spend you don't have to spend all your time there. No. But just dip your toes in it. Yeah. You know, be involved yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Show up, show you your face. You can't send people. You if can't you're send single people. a business owner,
1: it's you. cannot send people.
0: And sorry, it's not a 30-hour week job. It's you, yeah. you know. You got to make time for it and and do certain things. So, move along.
1: As a business owner in itself, you have staff, right? Mm-hmm. You have chefs, you have sous chefs, you have waitresses, waiters, bartenders, Tell me how it has changed from, again, 10, 15 years ago to today with staff and some of the struggles that
0: I know a lot of business owners are having. Yeah, there has been uh, tremendous struggle, struggles with staff, but this year, now that we're, you know, coming on like the third phase of this COVID thing, we actually have staff, you know, the college kids are back working. Uh, all the high school kids are coming back. I think their parents are doing a very very good job of pushing their kids out to say hey You know go do something. Yeah, uh, yeah Understand what a what a paycheck's all about, you know get a job work work the week three shifts get a pay. It's nice uh, It wasn't like that last summer where the money was a handout and you know government was doing their thing which was all wrong and uh, It's teaching these kids value and it's, it's teaching them something about you know, people, connection, getting off your phone. It's you're experience. actually walking around, in my case, a restaurant, but if you worked with a plumber or something, you're, you know, communicating you're, with the customers, yeah, you're your the, the go for you're going things, get off the phone, you know, mm-hmm. it's, you, you gotta see what the real world's all about. And it's not gonna be maybe my bus kid, it's not gonna be his job when he's 20 years down the road, but you're seeing what work is, how to interact with people that are some, you know, big time people and stuff like that and their eyes open up to things and when people acknowledge them I mean you know you acknowledge a 15 16 year old kid and say thank you for doing something at a table goes a long way yeah it's impactful and uh, a lot of the parents have said that to me they you know they come back and you know very grateful at the end of the summer that that their kids did well Uh, you know they 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 learned yeah they they did yeah they really did so you know, another the,
1: thing giving back to the community yeah you know investing your time and energy into yeah. coaching up Yeah, some there, were, kids. there
0: were times years ago I would never hire people that I knew because then their son or daughter would be lazy do a terrible job and then you know how, how is this relationship gonna end yeah uh, but a lot of that has changed you know I, I think it's also come with ex- experience spending more quality time with individual people teaching them instructing them uh, a lot of kids come from wealthy families. They don't know how to use a drill gun. They don't know which way is what, and then that's where I have to go. You know what? I'm a dad. Mm-hmm. Let me, inst- you know, help this child, help this person, and and teach them something, because hey, his dad is making millions. It's great, but I'm gonna help this. And the, the one example was when I, you know, helped the kid with the drill gun and stuff like that. I go, you're gonna go, go to college in two years, and you're gonna. A girl's gonna ask you in the drawing room next door to hang a picture, and you're gonna be able to use that drill gun and hang a picture for her, and you're gonna be a rock star. <laughs> so he laughed about it, and I told his dad about it, and it was great because it's, it you know, takes it takes exactly. a village to, to raise a yes. kid, they say, right? So uh, everybody yeah. plays a role. Yeah. So things like that are are fun when you when you help things, you know, people out like that, and yeah, cool. it's cool. Good
1: stuff. So COVID hits. Talk about COVID, yeah. right? We have this pandemic or pandemic, whatever you want to call it. And all of a sudden, you know, obviously the restaurants are fully under siege. You know, it's like, it's almost like our government went to war with small business owners. It's weird, I don't know why they would do that, but you know, Home Depot was open. We still had our grass wars going on. I couldn't let you win. We couldn't let Big Bri win, right? We had to get the fertilizer down. Everybody and their mother now has this, you know, savings was through the roof in the country's history and now people are throwing roofs on i did my yard you know you know you're hanging out scary at home. times yeah, yeah it was yeah. weird times and now the the you know the restaurants the small business owners can't have anybody come in yeah what were you thinking in that first you know five days as a it, business owner yeah
0: it, it was pretty pretty wild because it was you know march 17 was was the first day being closed and i have you know 1600 pounds of corned beef cooked off and What are you going to do with it? It's, you you know, we're not open. So we went to uh, immediately to to to-go business. Now, we've never, Fratello's has never been a to-go business. We've never sold more than four or five meals a week as a to-go business. It wasn't part of our plan. You would do it for local
1: people if they ordered out and they were sick or. Yes, but it wasn't, you know,
0: if it was $300 a month. That's what it was, and I looked at the number in October of 2019, and it was $300. It's not something that we did. We weren't a phone call to to pick up and do that. You had to make the adjustment, but it wasn't just that simple. It was, you know, the first couple nights, I'm laying there staring straight at the ceiling. My wife looks over at me like, what's going on? And it's like, I lost lost both my parents, within a year before. Yeah, your stepdad, your mom. And my stepdad, so that's three. No phone call to pick up. Like, who am I going to call? Like, you know, my, my brother's a two, couple years older than me. Different business, you know, a whole different scenario. And it's like, I have no, I'm at 53 at the time. I'm the oldest person in my family. Very weird, very strange not no to be able to, turn to look at and turn to. It was the first time I really felt like, Wow. This was is, there somebody on the outside you did turn to? No, actually, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was just I got to figure this out roll myself. Roll up the sleeves and let's go. Yeah, let's it go to was, war. Now, who's going to survive? We're closed. This two-week thing is not. It's going to be more than that. Um, who are we going to help? Uh, and that was it. Called the food bank right up. She and I happen to know the woman because we've done a lot, a lot of things together, and she's like, "Oh, finally, an Italian restaurant calls." All's, all we're getting is these Irish restaurants that are giving us corned beef to give all the, you know, the homeless and the different people that, you know, hunger and need food. I go, well, That's I got 1,200 pounds of corned beef, too. I got to give you. So, but it started a relationship, and it started, they were also at that time paying like $6 a meal for, to, for all the uh, senior citizen homes and meals things on like wheels. that. What's that? They do yeah. like Meals on Wheels. Meals on Wheels, wheels. all yeah. that. So it wasn't just giving free. Well, six dollars is better than nothing. I have to try to keep my staff in the kitchen working. A few guys, you know, everyone knows everything's broken down. If you were working 50 hours a week, we're going to go, you know, 20, 25 hours. Let's try to keep people working. All my key people, uh, servers, were going to be the food runners for the to-go business. We set up the, you know, the curb line out front. Now, how did that work with your kitchen, right? A lot of these, as I've discovered,
1: curb and go. Uh, Bobby Jones is a local guy as mm-hmm. well as Wilson have been promoting this and it's kind of like a uh, square. Yeah. And they have, you know, your POS system and then it communicates with your KDS system which is in the kitchen. And again, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm no restaurant expert. As you're implementing an inbound and again, you don't even know nope. the, the 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 rush that you're about to have yeah. coming into your restaurant. How did you set up that system? Did you just put a ticket thing in the back no, and it was separate from? No, it was just, from you know,
0: your years of uh, being creative. Uh, you know, uh, you made up a, an Excel spreadsheet, a sheet of you know, the item, does it come with a salad, is the bread, you know, it was like a circle thing. We, you, know, you had a 10-point system in the kitchen, uh, you know, laminated onto the big table there. It was being creative, just making it happen. You know, I can look back at it now. It's a great story. You can laugh about it. Wow, we did some great things. There was a couple of little mishaps. But all in general, yes, no, proud of what we did and what we accomplished with that because... During COVID,
1: you gave me some trays of food for my Christmas party. Yeah, it was delicious. Uh,
0: you know, but the to-go business was just something we would never... A phone call or a magnet on someone's refrigerator. How are we going to be become that person? Now, I just hired a, a social sidekick, which was a... a Social media company. Right before that, and I love that uh, these two gals that run this company were, you know, they, they were not scared of the whole mask thing and things like that. They'll we'll still come out and take pictures, and they, they came out with the mask, the cameras, everything. But they weren't staying home, mm-hmm. so we were doing pictures of our food, what it looks like in a to-go bin, and that's how it's going to arrive at your house. So that's important. Now, why to did you see... think about that?
1: As a business owner. Is it the takeout that you received to your home that you hate?
0: No, I had to survive. I would be had, saying, yeah, but, but you. But, to, you, but, but that's, you, what you, that's what I mean, you had to get creative. You had to think of what. But you were
1: thinking ahead. I want yeah. to show people that you're gonna get a quality dish show up yeah. to your door, not far off from what you're getting if you come yeah. and sit down at you gotta go. Yeah,
0: think outside the box. And then I'm following other restaurants, different people on social media, just like I'm sure other people were following. And you're watching some still sending things out in uh, styrofoam and different things, and you know, you had to, other things cost more money, those black to go things, you know, uh, yeah. to go trays and stuff like that.
1: Make it look a little better, travel a yeah. little better.
0: Yeah, uh, Sometimes people would call, you know, garlic bread. Garlic bread doesn't travel well. Mm-hmm. It's bread baked in the oven, it's gonna it's gonna, it's be, gonna, soggy. It's gonna be soggy. It's, it's, it's just not something, no, not I know I want to sale, you're on the phone, but it's really not gonna travel well. And, you're not going to be happy when it when it gets home. Wow, really, thank you for that and stuff. And that was, you know, in the beginning stages, I was answering every phone call almost, and the staff was going out. But now it's carrying on for several months and going into the summer, so you had to be, you know, getting more creative on things. And then summer came, we finally allowed Governor Murphy, you know, outdoor, outdoor seating. seating. Which was also
1: another... You had 35 seats mm-hmm. out there already. You have that nice... Old school awning from Fratello's. You actually replaced that in the last couple years. It looks great. Yeah. But you had 35 seats out there already. But they allowed you to expand essentially into your parking lot on the road.
0: Yes. Um, how many seats did you add out there? We had a full restaurant out there. We got about almost up to 80 seats. Yeah. So it was. Uh, and how did that impact your business? Because people love to go outside, especially yeah. at the shore. But again, you were spending money. Which you didn't know you were gonna even make next week, you know, and then trying to buy like these lights and things like that. Uh, Amazon, everything's back-ordered. Yeah, hunt, you, couldn't search, church, and, you couldn't get the chairs, you couldn't get the tables. Yeah. You're so, trying to work
1: with your liquor.
0: I would, you know, find things on um, different websites, and some things were in Philly and Pennsylvania, and drove out to, to pick up stuff, and it was, uh, you know, the survival of the fittest. It was, you know, who's gonna succeed. And what restaurant people uh, were complaining more, which was kind of funny. We got into some text chains with a lot of text, text chains with a lot of owners, 17 owners all throughout Manasquan, Wall, Brielle, Seeger at Spring Lake, and listening to the different dialogue of how just like the world's going to end and this is an imploding and things. Yes, we can beat a dead horse, but you yeah. survive. Yeah. Like two children home. Yeah. There's, there's no problems. Wife. The only solutions. Yes. Let, let yeah. let's figure this
1: out. So, now, as you change this up, what type of percentage increase did that put on your your bottom line? It had the jumps. That I know as I talked to Sean and Pat, and yeah, yeah. it was a big jump. Yeah. It was a blessing in disguise because yeah. you probably wouldn't have, especially yeah. being a little old school, you probably would have been reluctant. You would have been forced eventually, um, but. You were, you know, probably
0: a few years out from doing mm-hmm. it. COVID forced your hand, and and this is a, you know, now a part of something for young business owners and different things. The grass can be greener on the other side, and I was trapped in this. The only chef I had was the only way I was going to live and survive, and he didn't care for doing takeout. He thought it was demeaning to do, maybe his food in a to-go atmosphere versus a plate service. And uh, I wound up losing my chef after 15 years right in the beginning of COVID, You know, as soon as June hit. So that was yeah. March to June. There's another
1: big hurdle to get over or around. Yeah,
0: so that was, uh, it was big. And I really got lucky with the chef that I found. And even if, you know, it doesn't last the 15 years, but my chef, uh, you know, really opened the eyes up of what what can be done in this small space, working together, talking with him. I've always wanted to do a prep room in the back. Well, if you buy the equipment, this is what I'll do with it. Okay, but I didn't have that avenue before and the to-go avenue and stuff like that, so it was a lot of uh, you know peeking over the fence. What can be done? Now let's run and do it, And, and it's really tremendously Help the business to, to, you know, the whole outside dining and the amount of seats that we got. But being creative, we were, uh, you know, myself and a few other restaurants from that 17 talking then it was just a few of us on the side talking because we were not competing with each other, but You're trying really to had other. some great ideas. Let's all
1: win together. How do
0: we all and win? And We all walked each other through the PPP process and different things, and it was really finding... And that was a huge windfall for restaurant owners. Fi- finding really your business partners that weren't your partners. And it was, a, it was good people to talk to, and again, I didn't have the... You want to give some of those good guys a shout, or girls? Uh it was really uh Mort Mort Nace from uh Windward Tavern. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, we've always been great restaurant friends, but we're kinda like, you know, two rock rock stars. You're never gonna go out together because you're both performing on the same night. Yeah. Well we're two restaurant guys, we're never gonna be together. Mm-hmm. But we think alike and we have families and we wanna be successful and what he did over at his place in Windward Tavern, um uh, Princeton Ave, tremendous.
1: Mm-hmm. It is a great little spot. Kelly and I always but, forget to go over there. Yeah. We need to go more.
0: And he was, you know, on a little bit of downfall because they closed that bridge up from him yeah. for a year, which was almost three years, Yeah, I you're think. cutting
1: off that traffic from Point.
0: So he had a lot of struggles for a long time, and then he decided to buy out his partners, and now he's by himself. COVID hits, and he found a way to succeed. I mean, he skyrocketed great.
1: And It's good to have yeah. people in the same field yeah. as you, you know, Again, we are competing in a sense, but we also can win together. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of business owners and I see it, especially in the advisory world where it's like, well, I want you know this client or I want this client. Well, maybe I do something different than you do and, and vice versa. Um, moving on from the COVID, I want to talk on specifically adapting as a business owner. Not so much about COVID, but any storm that you come upon, you know. How important is it to be able to think on the fly and just take action and try things that work or don't work and get to something that is working?
0: Uh, I think it's great to try things on a fly, but with a little bit of a plan beforehand. Mm-hmm. And I believe in you know doing a, a a ten point model on it, write a good handful of things down that could work with it and not. Uh, I had this experience when I had the sandbar. There were always small tropical storms, hurricanes. People are going to come down to resecure their boats, tie things up. You're the bar restaurant there. Well, what are you going to do? It's going to happen again and again. So you got to, you know, run hurricane specials. You know, name things after New Orleans. You know, you just we had a plan on things, food menu items. So it came. You a mapped lot. out a plan when it happened. Yeah, and it, uh, a lot of that training came from then. Um, it didn't come from when I ran a bar in Boston because everything was just the same the club, every single it day. Yes, piled in, yeah. and it was real life. You know, situations that happened at at the sandbar with tropical storms and you know ripping the awnings off at different times. You know, crazy stuff that happened. So when something like this came about, it was uh, you know we're going to try things, and a lot of times I said that to the staff. If something's not a hundred percent, you have a question. You, you talk to me about it. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm not the the evil owner oh, that's right. going to just crush. No, although you know I could be hot-headed at times in the business at, we at, all at certain things. Yes, but we're we're a family here, and I you know you say that it's a loose term in a sense, a lot of ways. But I generally, you know, care for the people that work for me and. I know a lot about their lives, uh, you know, and they know a lot about mine because my kids and family are in the restaurant a bit But that's where you bounce things off one another and it it makes them feel important too. you Empower them their Answers to something or what their questions could be and I I think that's important. What's up? How's Tim doing? Uh, well, Tim retired and um, We're gonna do lunch I think next week. So he's doing. doing well. It's just He had to retire from the bar business.
1: Yeah, he you talk about loyalty. That was a guy who was hustling for his kids. Sixty
0: nine years old. Yeah, yeah. Working super hard, super twenty four years. He
1: was there prior to you owning it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You kept him on and he had he had what replaced his knees and his hips and everything going on and uh Talk about your loyalty and as well as Tim's. There's there's a lot with loyalty
0: and a lot of the older customers, you know, realize things like that. It's, uh, you know, keeping people around. Mm -hmm. Sometimes limiting the roles and things like that, but keeping the face in the crowd and stuff like that.
1: You're running a great business. You uh, have a great staff. You have obviously found your way through with COVID. Um, You're on the other side of this. You found some more space outside. You found additional technology you weren't using. Um, your family's growing. Where do you look to take Fratello's, the, the, the building, and where you want to go in the future with yourself as an entrepreneur
0: or a restaurant owner? That's a good question. Uh, been 20, 28, 29 years owning restaurants. I'm not fully sure I want to go into uh, th- another restaurant solo at this point it would be uh, I've been looked at you know by a couple groups to go further uh, uh, you know tag along, combine our ideas monies and different things. Um, the restaurant market is uh, it's tough it's not what I signed up for and got into back in 1996 just like a lot of police officers in other fields could say the same thing. you know you signed up for one package and now everything's changed around um it so a, a lot of that has changed and uh you know going forward um, you know it it's, it's kind of weird that you say that but i'm not sure if i'm eager to go into another restaurant uh it's i've a lot. Lear- i've learned different avenues to to squeeze and make money now COVID is sad as it is but it, it has helped us in finding different avenues uh to generate some funds still isn't. still isn't beat up inflation and in your food yes. cost. Yeah. Uh, which is terrible. Which is terrible that, you know, everything has to keep escalating like that. People want to dine and enjoy. It's their way, way to go out. And, you, you know, if we don't want to keep raising prices, it's not something we No, because eventually enjoy doing. The, 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 the customer's going to go, Yeah. I
1: can't, I just can't afford to do this. Or even if I can, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. You still have to purchase the product. And, uh,
0: you know, this, the plumber says the same thing. You know, it's w- w- or the wood. You know, the craftsman. Everything just goes up, 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 and it's you, you're tired of hearing why is everything so expensive? I, I, you know, they see it at the grocery store too, but it's you know, it's on their plate cost going into a restaurant. And we're a year-round restaurant, so we gotta stay focused on. You know, we're not just making money in the summertime. Yeah. we trying to do that. No, we have an abundance of people and we'll do numbers that way, but we gotta still keep a, the eye on the prize of we're here 12 months out of the year. Yeah, you regular customers year, in the seats. Regular customers. So don't lose sight of that. And uh, that's tough when all the uh, New Yorkers, Staten Islands come down and they want to roughhouse you around and yeah. tell you how to run your business and stuff like that, but you know, we, yeah. You know. um, so that's, that's, that's kind of, um, Where do you, what else would you think you'd wanna do, maybe real estate? maybe just be an investor yeah real estate is you know exactly you know my stepfather always said that have people you know working for you or paying for you in a sense of a restaurant i have 51 employees right now Yeah, you're leveraging people yes and leveraging people is not not always you know the the long long long-term you know money thing so that's where uh you know, having a few a strip mall, having apartment buildings, but things are so unsettled now with who's going to gonna pay and not pay and do different things. Uh, you know, it's you know, it's difficult on things like that.
1: So you would be open to if someone came in and offered you seven million for the building and the business. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: You would say, hey, maybe this is something yeah. we can. Yeah, we my, can my let go dad of.
0: taught me that. Yeah, always have your ears open on that. Yeah,
1: but, uh, yeah absolutely.
0: Um, you know what you touched on earlier with you know getting to know people and, and do different things. You know I do a lot of my banking with Manitowan Bank, local bank. Um,
1: Armstrong you know, Bank gets a lot of love from here. Oh, it does I yeah. told
0: them they should stroke us a check. I told you know, I, You know it's I went to them when I had the sandbar. I was at Ocean First. I went to Manitowan uh, Bank when I bought the Fratellos and everything with them but going to every one of their events, showing up at everything that they do. A ribbon cutting ceremony for when the Spring Lake Branch opened up, I showed up at, you know, Jersey Shore Chamber was part of it. I showed up at that. Everything that they did, my dad taught me that building a relationship with a local bank it's huge. is gonna get you places. And anytime we've asked for something, you know, it's gone through, but when COVID happened, They called me first and said, We understand what's going through, defer the money, put it on the back end, you know, your your, your payments and stuff like that. So I got to go to my tenants upstairs, and I know a lot of business owners could have done this, but they didn't do this, and got to tell them, Don't you don't have to pay your rent these two months? I know you're not working, we'll put it on as you keep paying. Now you could get burned on that, that's fine, but. You want to be human in that time. Yes, I'm not having to pay it this month, and you pass it on. And little things like that, I still have the same two tenants upstairs, and they're still paying, and they paid the extra $500 a month. It's great, yeah. Added on to it. It was 300, it went to 500, and they've caught up and paid on it. Because whatever their jobs were doing, they were actually building more, because they were busy too. Mm-hmm. You know, because of COVID.
1: Manusquan Bank, actually, we're going to, I think we're going to partner on some things in the future. We, we went in and spoke to their marketing team. I met their CEO, very smart guy, very nice guy, uh, as well as Jay Tadero, I think I'm saying that correctly. He does mm-hmm. all their business financing. Great dude, right out of their home office on 34. Um, I'm a big proponent of that too. I think building to a relationship. know your
0: local bank.
1: Yeah. And recently I moved over one of my accounts around, you know, six figures to them just to say, hey. I'm a young guy in the community, I'm working with business owners, I wanna start to build this relationship with you. I remember you actually back then as I was transferring, there was a couple people who had said it to me, but I remember you back then saying, you know, things aren't perfect here, and Manisquan Bank has given me a really competitive loan to to get the building or to refinance the building, Mm -hmm. whatever it may have been at the time. and that's because of the relationship you have built with them. They see your numbers. They see what comes through your cash flow. You know, when you're having your deposits put into a bank on a regular basis, they get to know your business. You're mm-hmm. not somebody who's just coming there fly by night. Um, so I don't need to rant on it. I think that is super important for a small yeah. business owner.
0: But show up, you know, show up to other events, like you show up to a, maybe a chamber event or something. But again, it's getting your face out and, and getting to know something as a young business owner or something like that that's... Uh, it's important. they will yeah. pay dividends down the road.
1: So, at the end, I like to ask a couple questions. First, I want to give two other business owners. They don't have to be restaurant owners, but anywhere from you know all the way up to Belmar and Avon, Bradley, you know down to however far south you want to go along the shoreline, you know, give me two business owners that you want to give a shout out and give a little quick um, background
0: or blurb on them. Um. I will actually say uh, in Seagirt, Ray's Cafe. Yeah. Ray's right, right around a corner from us. I mean, a small 35, 40 seat restaurant that he you know, he bang you know, gets the food out, bangs it out. He's fantastic because he's a community guy. He is. He's at every event, does everything. You don't go in there. He and does sit the school lunches, right? What? I think he does the he school does the lunches. School lunches too yeah. and stuff like that. You know, it's not just his little footprint there. Yeah, he's spelled it out, yes. And uh, when I had my office savvy. across the
1: street, yeah, I I, I was like, man, every uh, the families, the kids, the everybody's in this little place. It's crazy. They don't go
0: in it. You don't go in there and inspect it. It's not going to be Mimas. It's not going. You're not getting uh, I yeah. don't know, blown up pancakes with this and that, like yeah. crazy stuff. No, it's it's cut and dry, simple, but it's very good. Simple uh, specials are great but everyone he hires also is local friendly. Yeah, and community feel. Yeah, community feels completely. So yeah. it's, you know, I, I, I eat in there a few times a week cause we're not open for lunch. And you know, other customers see me from the yeah. restaurant. Uh, what are you doing here? You got your own restaurant, uh, like, yeah, get, can, my can i like. Supporting my friends. support, like a good friend around the corner. Speaking it's of great. that, how do you feel so, about the
1: new Rod? It's beautiful over there.
0: Yeah, yeah, they did a great job with it. Um, two places side by side, always do better. Yep. When, when you're the only lonely Drives. place there in October, it's, yeah. you know, you're the only lonely place there. Now that there's two places thriving, it also helps the third place, Reef & Barrel, so the three of us, it's like a little triangle. Hey, let's get some drinks over yeah, at Rod's at the yeah, outdoor bar, a little yeah. fireplace, yeah.
1: but I won't have a sit-down yeah. Italian dinner at Fratello's. Yeah. You know, I would do that.
0: They're a different business, which is great. They're not an Italian seafood restaurant, and uh, they do what they do, but people bounce back and forth all the time, and it's great, it's nice to see it back open. Uh,
1: so yeah, that's that looks it. great. We stopped yeah.
0: over the other day. Give us another business owner, and I, you know, I, crazy bringing up another coffee shop, but uh, <laughs> that little Shoreport sure Coffee Shop right around the corner from me, Nikki, uh, she's the owner of it. She's doing little pop-ups now, helping yeah. other small yes. business owners. It's yeah, pretty cool. That's concept. smart marketing yeah. for, for her because she's not using her dollars mm-hmm. to promote promote her business, but on Saturdays and Sundays from. I don't know, 9 a.m. to noon, you're allowed to have your pop-up. Yeah. Jewelry, bags, everything. whatever, Clothes. She tried to do food, like a little farm stand and the town. There was something that went against it, but she's getting the permits for that because now if you add that to it, it, you know, it's a whole other avenue. And, again, it's not her dollars, so it's bringing more people. But... uh, I have too many coffee shops that you I give love to. No, no, no. But she Nikki's also not, has, but she built it with personality. She did, and, and she's. what does she have on the cups? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you can advertise your yeah, business exactly. on the cups, yes. She didn't do her logo on her cups. It's the, uh, the, heat, the heat sleeve or something. You can put it on that, or. You're a lawyer, insurance guy, yeah, advisor,
1: yeah. whatever it may be.
0: Uh, smart marketing, yeah. and that's it. Thinking outside the box, and that's f- for any, you know, business owner, it's. Be different. Be different, follow what works. You know, uh, all of our restaurant on, guys. Yeah. We follow, yeah, I I travel. I do different things. You see what other people do. Wow, how can this work in my restaurant and do it? Maybe spin off a little bit, but don't be afraid to steal other people's ideas and make it. We we'll all steal each other's ideas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And it's uh, you know, bang bang shrimp came about one day, and everyone does some type of a hot spicy shrimp, and it it works. No, nope. so it's just little simple things like that. But you know. Nikki around the corner, she's just, she's done a great job. Other things tried to survive in little town of Seagirt. It's not much foot traffic. Uh, I thought COVID would have pushed her into the, you know, yeah, grave survives. coming back. She survived because of personality. Well, my yeah. office was across the street. I, I did. Yeah
1: frequent getting coffee yeah. from her but I'm just too far now but no you are and, she, she did and it's a different coffee. avenue they don't yeah. have a
0: grill they're not cooking she's into the you know the parfait scones different yeah bakery things Yeah. but it's every time you walk in it's a smiling face and she knows everybody's name it's crazy huh? yeah. you're five deep on a line you hear her call hey Ralph have Joe had this had that one it's wild yeah. so that's that's someone that took her her business serious and she's she's young 20 28 yeah. 6 good for her yeah yeah she's doing well so shout out to yep. Shoreport well, it's just you know, yeah, exactly. But being smart in your game. Too people, too many people just j- jump in and think it's open up a restaurant. It's gonna yeah. come wild in. It's Easy. And that's one thing I always say. Like when you get your restaurant, then yes. you try all those great yeah. ideas. You tell Let me, me know about. how it
1: works now, out. Yeah.
0: So, so closing this out.
1: What's one thing you would say to the young business owner, guy or gal, right now, that's trying to launch a business in this economy? What's the one thing, the most important thing you think
0: they should keep on their mind? I mean, if you're going to venture in and do a business, you you have to have a business plan. Uh, and I mean a long business plan that you don't overly deviate from. You follow it, you know, trends may tra- change and stuff like that, but too many people get involved and jump in and it's fly by the seat of their pants on certain things and it's uh and that could be with anything, you know, an accountant, the plumber, the craftsman, things like that. Find which avenue you're going to do. How are you going to promote your business? You know, how are you going to get out and show your product to somebody? Mm-hmm. And uh, I do a business
1: it. plan every year, and whether it be with one people, you know, or, or, or one person, five people, or I'm presenting it to my partners at, at the larger firm. Um, I'm always putting it together I'm making changes and that's a great answer because out of all these people we've had we've had guys in here doing 100 million of revs 30 million of revs no one has said that to that question and I think that's really important write down your goals map out where you want to be and then figure out sub goals of how you get to that goal mm-hmm. right it's not just I want to do a million bucks of revenue well how do you get there what are the things that you yeah. need to do uh, that's a great as, one.
0: Just as like you know, I look at other businesses, and you you want to buy something, you want to you want to take over someone's business. What could you do different? What, what how do you g- gauge twenty percent more in this business? And that's something I kind of look at my business in. You know, after the new year, January, February, what can we do different now? That's gonna you can't just run status quo. It's, it's not gonna it's not gonna. You stay have the to same. change. You have to pivot. What's where are different things going to go? And of course. And we you know.
1: look back at your business plan. What goals did I hit? Why did I not hit mm-hmm. the goals that I didn't hit? Yeah. Um, anyway, dude, it, it's been fun. I, I appreciate you coming on. You know, you're, you're a legend to the shore area <laughs> in my eyes. Um, We've known each other a long time now. Yeah, yeah. a long time good relationship i've been able to see your kids you're now seeing me grow my family i know it's great yeah it's it's, it's watching you be a
0: tiger lying like going at it going crazy now all of a sudden you can be the soft kitten at home like i gotta take care of these kids yeah
1: yeah well they get the lion too sometimes but yeah they get the kitten um thank you for coming on and uh, i hope you enjoy this and i hope your customers get a different perspective of you that's something that we have discovered doing this show is you know the people come back to us and really thank us that their customers got a different perspective on the owner at the restaurant they've mm-hmm. been going to for many years so again thank you cheers you got it cheers buddy thanks for so, having me yeah absolutely You're very right. welcome fireside america